0: Hello and welcome to Feed Play Love and to this episode of Helpline. um, I should preface this episode by saying that I am once again in the shed at the back of my house. So if you hear planes going over, it appears that while lockdown hasn't completely lifted, lots of planes are going past. So please excuse that noise if you hear it. But tonight we are joined by baby sleep expert, Jo Ryan. Jo's here to answer all your questions whether it's about a baby who's not sleeping through the night or a toddler who's throwing food on the floor. Jo's here to guide you and the best thing about it is that she will answer your specific question and tailor it to what's happening for you. Jo, hello. Hello, hello, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Um, and if you are joining us on the Facebook Live, you can pop your questions below in the comments section. We also have a Helpline group on Facebook. We'll put links to that if you want to post your questions there. And if you're listening to us via the podcast, you can send your questions to helpline at au. Let's start, Joe. We have an email from Rosie. Who says, my son is two years and four months, and he was overall a good sleeper. He sleeps in a bed in his own room and was, (laughs) past tense, consistently sleeping through the night. But in the last few months, he's waking up most nights and coming into our room anytime between 11.30 p.m. and 3 a.m. He just walks in and stands very quietly by my bedside until I wake and take him back to his own room. Once back in his bed, he generally goes to sleep after about 20 minutes or so. He doesn't fuss or try to communicate with me. We do bath at 7pm and in bed by 7.30pm and he's usually awake anytime from 5.30am. At bedtime, my husband or I stay in his room with him until he's drowsy and then we leave the room before he's asleep. His nighttime wake-ups are just so consistent now. I'm wondering if I need to reduce his day naps. He sleeps from 12 till 2 in the day and always is ready for his nap. It's never a challenge to get him down, and it's a battle to wake him up. Any suggestions? Greatly appreciated.
1: Um, Look, that sounds, you know, it sounds like the amount of day sleep he's getting is okay, you could try and reduce it by half an hour and just give him sort of 90 minutes and wake him up. But, you know, the trauma of waking up a toddler sometimes is not worth it. I mean, sometimes so that time that he's waking from 11.30, 11ish, I think she, said, she mentioned, um, is a really classic wake time, wakeful time of their sleep in the night. They're coming out of deep sleep and transitioning into their dream sleep, so they do wake up. I think what you're doing is absolutely great, like taking him straight back, don't fuss. Um, I'm just wondering whether something may, new might have happened or some sort of change in the house because often when they'll come, you know, um, you know, and stand beside the bed looking at you is because they either, you know, haven't seen you before bed or, you know, there's some kind of sleep disturbance or thing that's maybe triggered a little bit of waking Um, I would kind of look at maybe spending less time in his room at bedtime and maybe coming out a little bit before he's so drowsy, you know, I know you say he's awake when you leave, which is great. Maybe just kind of do it five minutes before that. So he's really awake to, you know, and be very aware that you're, you know, that he's on his own. Um, I'm not quite sure what your arrangement is during the day, but make sure there's some, you know, one-on-one time with him just so he's, you know, um, He's getting that feel of you because sometimes when we go, if we're working or, you know, they're at childcare, they just want to come and spend time, you know, and that happens to be in the middle of the night. Um, yeah, so they're the things I would try and hopefully, you know, if you just keep taking him back, not creating a fuss, not saying too much, um, you know, see whether that, that it should pass. It should pass. But I would definitely try maybe reducing his day sleep. And getting him to bed a little bit more awake, you know, when you leave the room.
0: Yeah. Try mm. that. And
1: hopefully it'll pass soon.
0: Yes. Good luck, Rosie. Our next question comes from Rachel from our Facebook inbox. She says, hello, I have a seven-month baby who's been sleeping in her own room and cot for the last two months. She has her bedtime routine and goes off to sleep relatively easily. However, this is with a dummy. Almost like clockwork, she wakes up within the hour to be resettled or if she wakes up on her back. She likes sleeping on her side and stomach and wakes up if she rolls onto her back. She's easy to resettle most times and only feeds twice or three times in the night. I'd love any resettling tips where I can remove the dummy or ideas what I can do to try and get her to link her cycles so I can get a bit more sleep to function better the next day. Any help would be much appreciated.
1: Okay, so the dummy, um, as I've said many times on this this show, is your frenemy. It's great, but it's also a pain because it does cause sleep disturbances. When it falls out, she's too young at seven months to be able to find it and put it back in her mouth. Um, So I would definitely think about getting rid of it. It would just mean putting her down without the dummy and helping her get to sleep by doing some padding, um, until she kind of gets used to falling asleep without it. It can be a couple of hard nights resettling overnight without the dummy um, as well. But, again, a couple of nights of resettling without the dummy and know that they always go back to sleep eventually. You've just got to kind of outlast them. Um, <laughs> absolutely mean it passes quickly. I guess with the rolling, I'm just interested to know, is she actually rolling herself? Um, because if she is, then... Um, You know, she's going to have to get used to kind of moving around in the cot and putting herself into whatever position she likes. Um, So, you know, if she's on her side, leave her on her side. If she rolls onto her tummy, then, you know, you can leave her on her tummy if that's what she's done herself. Um, But the other thing that I noticed in your question was that you're feeding her two or three times a night. At seven months, that's probably a little bit too much as well. Um, So, that could be causing her to wake a lot, you know. after six months the more feeding they get the more they wake so at seven months theoretically she should really be only having at least one um no at the most one feed a night you know and that usually should be around that sort of early hours in the morning around four ish would be good so try to push that you know you can maybe keep the dummy and drop the feeding and see how that works first um But ultimately, yeah, if you feel that the dummy is a problem, then just gently, gently get rid of it by patting her back to sleep um, every time she wakes and putting her down initially at bedtime without the dummy.
0: Apparently, uh, this mum's in the middle of bedtime routine at the moment, so she'll check on the advice later. So good luck, Rachel. I hope that helps with um getting more sleep we feel for you our next question (laughs) our next question comes from ali um, from our facebook inbox she says joe i desperately need help with my six-month-old night sleeps are atrocious down at 7 p.m and then wakes crying every hour he will only settle for a comfort feed his gums seem to hurt but no sign of teeth His older sister didn't get teeth until around 11 months. Help, how can I stop being a human teething ring? What do I need to do to get his sleep on track? Thanks from a very tired mama.
1: Yeah, that's really hard every hour. So as I just mentioned in the previous question, uh, you know, around six months things change and if you are feeding to sleep or feeding back to sleep overnight when they don't really need it for food, um, that uh, it can cause a lot more waking. So the first thing I would really work on Ali is the going off to sleep without feeding to sleep, because that will really set the night up. Um, So if your baby's falling asleep on the boob, they just expect that to be like that every time their little eyes open. And when it's not, they'll cry. Then what we do is we put them back on the boob. And so you're just really cementing that association with sleep. So we need to you know, show them that there's another way and it's, you know, so putting him down awake and patting him off to sleep, like certainly give him, you know, a breastfeed before bed, but don't let him fall asleep, put him down awake and then pat him off to sleep in the cot um, can really help. And then overnight, again, at six months, I would say, you know, one feed should be enough overnight for nutrition, but you could start by giving two, like a sort of a feed feed Late evening, sort of around 11, 10 30, 11 ish, and then one early morning, say 3 34 ish, um, would be good. And then those other wakes just resettle, resettle, and know that they always go back to sleep. I say that every time, but they absolutely do. It's just knowing that in your mind, because sometimes you think, oh, I'll do it for half an hour, and they're still going at half an hour, and you're like, oh, this can't be right, you know, but in fact, they do have quite a long, you know, wake time in them. Um, You know, it can be a couple of hours, but they will always go back to sleep. And once they've done it once without the breast, something magical happens in their little brains and they know that they don't need it anymore. You know, there is another way. So just keep pushing through. And hopefully after a couple of nights, you know, one hard night and then a couple more nights, things should actually, they should start to stretch out those sleep times, have longer chunks of sleep and everyone will be feeling better and everyone will be getting more sleep.
0: And that's what you want to hear, isn't it, Ali? (laughs) I bet you do. Good luck. That is full on. Um, We have a question from Mel on our Facebook Live. She says, my 10-month-old has decided he doesn't want day sleeps anymore. No matter how hard we try, he won't sleep. He sleeps well overnight, about six to eight hours. He has always been a great sleeper until the last week or so. What can we do to help him still have his day sleep?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a bit crazy because 10 months old, six to eight hours overnight is not enough. So babies of that age theoretically really should need 10 to 12 hours overnight and at 10 months I would say around two hours during the day, you know, split into probably a short one and a long one. Um, what happens is when babies get overtired and it sounds like that's what's going on, they just are so wound up that they find it really, really difficult to go off to sleep. And so, um, uh, you know, it, there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of resistance and what can happen is we can just go, oh, they, they don't want it and they get, we get them up and then it's just compounding their overtiredness. So um, what I would do is I would start... Tonight, oh, it's probably too late, but I would start tomorrow. Like firstly, look at the routine. You know, your baby should be probably up around anytime between six and seven, going to bed anytime between six and seven pm. Um, he should be having, say, one nap of an hour and a half and one nap of say 30 to 45 minutes. Um, At 10 months, they really can't last more than, say, three hours maximum awake. The first one of the day I would probably cap it at 2. So if he's up at 7, I'd have him back down around 9, you know, maybe 9.30. Um, But I would just put him down and just really push through, you know, and just stay with him and pat him and pat him and pat him and pick him up and come down and put him down until he goes to sleep. And even if he gets half an hour, that would be a win in my book then get him up, keep him up for another couple of hours. But remember, he's going to be overtired, like really chronically overtired. So a couple of hours maybe would be enough just for the next couple of days, put him down again, pat him off to sleep. Try to keep everything really low key for the next couple of days. Not a lot of going out if you can help it. Everything at home, just really kind of focus on getting him back to having those naps. It's really important for their brain development that they have enough sleep in order to process all this new information that they're taking on and all these new skills that they're learning. And I imagine at 10 months he's crawling, he's probably starting to pull himself up, and all those things make them more tired. Um, so, yeah, good luck. Just know that he will do it. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% sure he will go to sleep, but he's going to resist. He's going to resist. But just kind of, you know... Um, Gird your loins, as I say, and and stick with it till he goes to sleep, you know. Um, and if if you can't face starting tomorrow during the day, maybe start at bedtime and get him to bed really early, like maybe 6:30, pat him to sleep. Okay. And let him have, try to have a good sort of 10 hours at least, maybe 12 hours sleep at night. And then the next day he won't be so tired. And you can hopefully have more success with the day naps.
0: Mm. Yeah, but good luck. Yes. Gabby on Facebook Live says, my wife, we are a two-mom family, has gone away for work for a few months. Our almost four-year-old is understandably struggling. She will cry at the top of a hat or get really angry. How can I best support her? That's tough, isn't it?
1: That is really tough. I mean, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, when one parent has, you know, is not in the house, it's, it's normal for a child to fret, miss that parent a lot, I mean, I guess regular kind of Facebook or, you know, FaceTime or Zoom chats um, as much as you can, kind of talking to her about how she's feeling, you know, um, you know helping her put um, names to those feelings, you know, that she's experiencing because at four often they can't. don't understand what they're feeling and you know sort of just really trying to spend some time and understand what she's going through and and try to get her to understand what she's going through and that it's very normal and that you're there for her and maybe some special little you know adventures on the weekends or things as much as you can um you know just to help her kind of feel little bit more settled It's, it's a very unsettling feeling for a young child when one parent goes away um but yeah as much contact with with your partner as as you can so she can see her and talk to her also during that time and and maybe put a calendar up and cross off the days until until she comes back so there's some sort of excitement around you know um so she can see that it's reducing you know something yeah. like that might also help
0: yeah. that's so interesting isn't it because when you're four you really don't have a concept of time so you know i just you know school holidays when even when you're older felt like they'd last forever yeah so she probably got no concept but that counting down on the calendar makes a lot of sense
1: yeah something visual so she can actually see it and she could even you know cross off the day every day herself so she feels like you know this is happening and something yeah something's you know it's getting closer and closer
0: yeah and i know when my partner's gone away that it's been sometimes the facetime has been a bit tricky because sometimes it made the kids worse um yeah. but i wish i had of <laughs> had you then joe because that idea of self regulation as well like teaching them their emotions and how they're feeling i mean what a great i mean it's not not fun by any stretch but what a great opportunity for them to start being able to identify what it is they're feeling.
1: And yeah. when you
0: name something, it really reduces that anxiety. Totally. And, for I think, you. Mm. and I
1: think sometimes you're right, the FaceTime or the phone call can make things worse because they get upset. But I think that's better than this person just disappearing out of their life and then, like, you know, that is like yeah. that is a sense of abandonment and where has his parent gone? So even though she might be distressed after the call or it might take her a little while, just sit with her and give her a cuddle and say, I know it's really hard, but mummy's going to be back soon. And, you know, um, I, I don't think that's a bad thing, that they're upset after that, you know,
0: it, it, it's normal. Well, you can do what... Um wives or husbands have done for millennia when they're the one at home and just become the fun one. That's what my husband does. Like if I've ever gone away, I just, if I have a FaceTime, they're like having dance parties with it, you know, swinging the undies around the house or whatever. They're like, yeah, mom's gone. So Gabby, just be the fun parent, be the fun mom. Sorry, -hmm. that's not very practical, but hopefully Joe has given you some tips that can actually help. Um, and good luck. Hopefully she's home soon. This next question comes from Lindsay on our Facebook Live. Lindsay says, what is the best sleep schedule for my three-month-old? I'd love some advice on sleep-awake feed times for this age. Thanks.
1: Sure. So uh, three-month-olds really should only be awake for about an hour and a half at the most. The first wake time of the day should be capped at about an hour, and then the rest of the day an hour and a half. And maybe at the end of the day before bedtime, you could stretch that out slightly depending on how much sleep they've had in the day. Three-month-olds should be having three to four naps a day, two big ones and one to two smaller ones. And by big I mean like two sleep cycles, so about an hour and a half to two and a half, depending on how how well they're sleeping. Same with the second nap. Third and fourth nap around 45 minutes, sometimes half an hour. Um, and in bed sort of by about 7pm at the latest if you can. Three months old you could probably stretch out a little bit depending on how their day is going um, if the fourth nap is late in the afternoon, but probably 7.30 would be the latest. Um, So that's probably, you know, there are routines on actually, babyology have some of my routines that you could just download um, and have a look at sort of it's got all the, the sleep wake periods listed and the feeding times just gives you a general idea about where um, the feed, the sleep happens. I mean, I think ideally at this age, your routine is really set by their awake time, so that, that awake window. So just be aware of that. So, you know, an hour in the morning, an hour and a half for the rest of the day.
0: Excellent. And we'll put links in the notes of this podcast and below this Facebook live. Um, if you'd like to check that out, Lindsay, or anyone else who's keen to have a sense of what's coming or what you're, where you're at with your baby uh, in terms of sleep and feeding and settling, etc. This next question comes from Ebony on our Facebook live. Ebony says, my toddler, two and a half years old, wakes multiple times during the night but will only settle for me. Any tips on getting dad to be the superhero? We have a breastfed baby who is six weeks old, so mummy is busy. Yes, she is, Ebony.
1: She is. She is. And daddy is going to have to do it, you know, and although the first time it's going to be distressing for everybody because the toddler is not going to be happy about it, Daddy just needs to see it through, you know. And 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 even though it might take twice as long or even more with him doing it, just stay in that room with um, with your toddler and just settle them and you know comfort them and soothe them until they go back to sleep, you know. Um, and that's the key. The thing is that once you know, if if Daddy starts and then gives up, Mummy comes in then, you know, children are aware that that's an option. So you just need to just kind of take that off the table and make sure that, you know, that's Daddy's job now and Daddy will do it until you go to sleep. And you only need to do it once. And like I've said with everything, kids are so clever. They learn new stuff easily. We've just got to be consistent, give them the right consistent um, message. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. Uh, and yes, Daddy's got to be primed. Because, you know, often daddies can get a little bit, you know, stressed if it's going on longer than they expect. So it could be a couple of hours, you know, the first time. But again, they'll always go back to sleep eventually. And um, yeah, make sure that you just you just shut that door of your room and you stay there and you don't come out.
0: And put some earplugs in, Ebony, because I know that's the hardest thing, isn't it? Especially at two and a half, because I'm sure they'd call out for mummy. So if you can, I don't know put a really good podcast on or music on so you can stay asleep because that's the hardest thing is to resist when they when you know they want you be strong every totally. be strong yes. uh, our next question comes from Krista on the Facebook live Krista says, my three-year-old moved into a big boy bed recently and has also decided he doesn't want a day sleep for the last maybe 20 days. He has had two day sleeps in that time, but has fallen asleep in the car twice also. He seems like he needs that day sleep still as he's very tantrumy most nights and then I slash we struggle to get him to go to bed before eight. He has all the excuses under the sun, help.
1: Yeah, look, it's a tricky age and stage three because sometimes it is that transitional period and often children are dropping their day nap. You can't force him to sleep. You know, you can create, though, a time where it's rest time. You can call it rest time. He goes and lies on his bed. You know, you could read him a story and then he has to lie there another half hour or something and hopefully you know in that period he may fall asleep he may not or you could put on some music or a meditation or something nice that goes for a period of time and you you know you say to him you need to stay here until that's over you know three-year-olds you know (laughs) may or may not you know uh do do what you ask them to do but um just creating that kind of rest time can help because then they often will fall asleep if they're tired. Um, and, you know, obviously the car is a great um, way of getting babies to sleep or toddlers to sleep. But, you know, it's a bit different at home when there's there's no sort of rocking or, you know, noise and there's lots to do. Um, I think on those days that he doesn't have a nap, if you can get him to bed earlier or at least start earlier, if you know it's going to take a long time because he will be... Uh, when, when toddlers drop their day naps altogether, they are very tired at the end of the day, you know. So bringing bedtime back, you know, maybe in half an hour or even an hour if he's going to bed later um, to just make sure that they, that they are going to bed earlier, which will help with him going off to sleep a little less stressful and hopefully he'll he'll make up, you know, some of that sleep that he's dropped in the day then. So they're the kind of things. It's not an easy period when children drop their day sleeps. It's not. It's a bit of adjustment for everybody. But, you know, like I say, if you can set up some kind of ritual around that sort of middle of the day rest time, you know, and some people read stories, some people might put on, you know, a video or get, you know, something, whatever it might be, I would encourage him to stay in his room if you could. You know, that that would probably be a better option on his big boy bed and you can talk about it, you know, whatever it might be. But just to keep having that and whether he sleeps or not, he's still having a bit of a rest time.
0: Mm. I'd like to do that, Joe. <laughs> I'd oh,
1: love like to have a little would
0: nap be the of the day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
1: you know, in Spanish, they've got it right with siestas, you know, everyone just has rest time.
0: Ugh. I know all these children trying not to sleep and that's all we want to do. Um, we've probably got time for one or two more, but we'll go with Erin on our Facebook live. She says, hi, Joe. My 10 month old is still waking up twice overnight. She's breastfed three times a day, sleeps at approximately 9.30 a.m. for half an hour and approximately 1 p.m. for one and a half to two hours with a bedtime of 6.45 p.m. Help.
1: Well, that sounds all sounds fine. I just wonder if she's feeding her at both those wakes overnight. Does
0: it say? It doesn't say, Erin. If you're able to pop that in, that would be helpful.
1: Because that would be the problem if she's waking and you're feeding her, then that's gonna she's just gonna keep waking for that. So my advice around that would be drop, drop. Particularly the first one, but at ten months, she really probably doesn't need either of those feeds. I would imagine she's on full salads and she's probably a good weight. Um, so, yeah, so just pat her back to sleep um, rather than feed her um, and hopefully those wakes will just stop. That's generally what they're, you know, where creatures of habit, their body clocks get set to kind of wake and be fed. So, sorry, I've had a sip of water and it's now repeating on me. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> But, yeah, as soon as you take that off the table, she she should start sleeping
0: through. Okay. Just seeing whether we've got any more information. Erin says, yes, baby does feed, I think, at those two night feeds. Well, there you go. See? So that would be definitely...
1: Well, it's not brain surgery, Chef. You know, they all do it. They all do the same sorts of things. So, you know, um, I think... Yeah, by removing that from, from her kind of night expectation means she just won't wake anymore. So pat her back to sleep. The first tonight will be hard, particularly at that first wake, um, but just try to push her through the night. If you want, you could do one and keep one, but, you know, just see how you go. I, I tend to at that age just get rid of it all and then it's done.
0: Yeah, and Erin, if um, I can just be the person on the side saying that I didn't, do this with my first child but with my second when I was weaning off night feeds I said to my partner I said to my husband you don't have breasts so you need to do this because he's always going to want me and he's always going to and I don't I don't know you can tell me whether that's true or not Joe. but the non-lactating partner is going to have much better chance <laughs> of getting them back to sleep if they're used to feeding and I just by the time my son came around I was like I can't do this. You're going to have to get him off to sleep. And I and I was so tired. I slept through all of it and it worked a charm.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. So they're always going to be much harder for the lactating parent um, and, and hold out to the last possible minute, you know. They will go to sleep, but it's just going to be long and distressing. It might still be long with your partner. But often they kind of get it a bit faster because they're like, oh, you know. So if they can do a couple of resettles or a couple of nights in a row and then you can step in, I mean, things often might regress slightly when the lactating parent goes in, um, but they kind of know, oh, okay, she's not going to feed me anymore. So, okay, I'm done. You know, I'll just go Mm. back to sleep. And then it's done. Will
0: you be a hard-ass like me and just refuse to go back in until they're sleeping overnight? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or you could do that, exactly. <laughs> well, good luck. And sorry, there's another plane going overhead. Life in lockdown, I tell you what. I love Where my have
1: they been coming from.
0: I don't know, Joe. We're not out of lockdown yet in Sydney, so I don't know. It's all the packages people have ordered, maybe. It's all freight. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for coming on and answering all those questions. Thank you everyone for joining us and asking your questions too. And um, I'll just mention if you didn't have an opportunity to ask Joe your question, she is one of our experts at the Parent School on Babyology's website. so there'll be links in the podcast and below this Facebook Live. You can book a one-on- one session with Joe where you actually get to talk to her, not just post a comment, um, and she can help you through whatever your challenge is and uh, we will be back next week joe thank you so much for your time again and we'll see you soon feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au see you next time